Welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast as we explore the mind of former MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner Brett Boone as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. On this episode of the Boone Podcast, Brett sits down with his former teammate MLB All-Star Brian Jordan, who also played defensive back in the NFL. Right now, Brian Jordan in St. Louis is as popular as Michael Jordan in Chicago. And now, here's your host, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. Today on the show, we got a man that's part of a very exclusive club. Two sports star, Brian Jordan. BJ, what's going on, man? And and thanks for coming on. Oh, anytime. What's going on, Brett? BJ, I, I think there's, in my count, there's only three of you. There's there's you, there's Bo, and there's Dion. It, am I getting it wrong? Are there more? In, in and I'm talking time, legit, uh, was- legit. Yeah, guys who played both professional sports and were actually pretty good at it. So yeah, I would say. But yeah. we've got right. We we we're professional. No, I we got to go Major League Baseball or the NFL, not the Canadian Football League and not AAA. <laughs> so I think there's only three. I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, let's let's get to it, Brian Jordan. What was it like? Growing up for you, you know, for for me, I knew what I wanted to be when I was three years old. I was a baseball player, baseball. I played some other sports, but but when it came down to it, I, I got exclusive with baseball midway through high school. What was growing up like for Brian Jordan? Well, I waited a little longer. I think I was six years old uh, when I wrote down my dreams, and I was encouraged by my parents. No, no dream was too small. No dream was too big. And I love sports. I had an older brother and sister who played sports and I always wanted to follow my brother around and play. So for me, I wanted to be different. I wanted to play two professional sports and I didn't care which, which two it was as a young kid. Cause I loved them all. Basketball actually became my favorite sport. And I played all three sports all the way through high school and decided to go to college and play two sports because I knew I didn't have the handles as a point guard to be a point guard in the NBA. I could jump out of the gym and uh, I haven't seen a six foot forward in the NBA. So I decided to stick with basketball. I mean, football and baseball. So my dream school growing up in Baltimore was university of Maryland. And I remember when they offered me a full scholarship, my junior year, they told me I could play both sports and when I was ready to sign the dotted line to play for Bobby Ross uh, at University of Maryland, he told me I could I had to sit out my baseball season my freshman year and just concentrate on football. And I remember that was a major decision in my life. I looked back at my parents and said, I can't go here because I can't sit out a year of baseball. So I decided to go to University of Richmond, who allowed me to what? do both. And uh, from there, that's, that's all I needed, opportunity. Well, I think, you know, when me and you were growing up, it, it was kind of common, you know, for for the a lot of the, the best athletes at, at, you know, whatever high school you went to, to play all three. Um, today, not so much. I mean, like you said, in, in your first taste of it was at the uh, with the Maryland situation where we wanted you to only play one. Mm-hmm. But for us growing up, we, we were encouraged to play all three sports. And I thought, you know, in my youth, uh, I thought it was a positive thing. I, I think playing football teaches you things about baseball. Playing basketball, 
basketball might teach you something on about the football field that you don't get exclusively playing one sport. I think that's something that's missed. I, I definitely see, you know, in 2021, it's just a different world. And people see dollar signs. They see uh, how much money the professional athletes are making today. Not and And like we opened the show with. There's only three of you. So, so all you kids out there listening to the podcast, it probably ain't going to happen for you it, to, to be able to play two <laughs> sports at the highest. Let me tell you this. I played one at the highest level, and it's really hard. I couldn't imagine it shuffling to two. But I, I want to get into that those high school years with you because it kind of gets complicated for me. You know, BJ, we got to play together for a year. But I did a little research on it before we came on here, and it gets complicated for me. So you, you talk about the Maryland offer. You talk about at the last minute them telling you, no, it's going to be a football only for you. You decide uh, to go to Richmond because they're going to let you play baseball and football. Uh, tell me a little bit. Just tell me how that, that part of your life went and, and uh, how that went at the University of Richmond. Well, I mean, again, it was it was the toughest decision I had to make because uh, growing up in Baltimore, University of Maryland Terps was like the school. And the fact that I love basketball, Lynn Bias was like my favorite player. And we all know what happened to Lynn Bias, first picked to the Celtics and died of using uh, drugs. But, I mean, he was my idol, and I wanted to go to Maryland. And that's all I wanted to do. And But... You know, for me, I was fortunate that I played multiple sports, man. I always tell parents today that, you know, one, it makes you a better athlete. You're using different muscles in, in every sport. Uh, two, it keeps your options open. Because in college, I had basketball scholarships, football, baseball. Uh, I had the pick of the litter. I had a chance to make choices. And, uh, you know, today is a different age. You know, parents, you know, they want their kid to just play one sport. And all year round, and they take away those choices. Uh, I was fortunate that I had that that choice in college and was able to pick University of Richmond, who would let me play football and baseball as a freshman and continue on to try to live out my dreams. Uh, Another good reason I went to University of Richmond is because I was a good student, uh, B student in high school, uh, but I was, I wouldn't say this was a great thing. But my parent, my mom was a teacher at my high school, so I had to do my work. And and that kind of helped me, again, make a choice to college because University of Richmond, of course, a smaller college. I knew I would have to do my classwork, and that was my number one goal. My mom was to make sure I graduated from college. So I went to that smaller college, which academically helped me out, but also gave me that opportunity to live out my dreams, and I was fortunate enough to still get drafted as a junior first round by the St. Louis Cardinals. And I decided to sign on a condition that they would allow me to come back and play my red shirt junior year, graduate from college, and just see if I get that opportunity playing the NFL. And all worked out uh, until I got to the senior bowl. I broke my leg, dislocated my ankle. Was supposed to be either the first or second safety taken in the first round. But that injury changed my life. I still got drafted by the Buffalo Bills in the seventh round and led all defensive backs and tackles when camp came, but I was a 46-man on a 45-man roster. So ended up with the Falcons and started three years for the Falcons, 
played with the Cardinals and three years in the NFL, 15 years of Major League Baseball. Can't complain about that, Brett. Well, I, I had a, you know, I had a, I had a, a guy that I played with when I, you know, I went to the University of Southern California and our third baseman my freshman year was Rodney Pete. So I didn't even know Rodney my freshman year. I didn't even meet him until he, the football season was over and he showed up and, and one day he's playing third base. And I'm just sit, sitting there thinking, all right, this guy's a guy I was just watching in the Rose Bowl. And now he's my third baseman throwing me spirals from third, turning double plays. But I thought it was a real interesting life. And Rodney was a real talented guy uh, on the baseball field. Didn't put that much into it. You know, his focus, you know, the kind of the opposite of yours where, where baseball was your love. Uh, Rodney was was football and he had a lot of a lot of interest on the baseball side. But he decided not to sign. And, and you know, he basically told the scouts, hey, I'm going to go to the NFL. And I'm going to be a quarterback. And that kind of ended that. But but I got a little peek into what it was like and that life that you guys led, uh, be it only at the college level, but I got to see it. Give me a little insight on, on, on those years where you were playing both football and baseball, how you prepared for each one. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a matter of uh, prioritizing your time. Really. Uh, it was a time of the year where I was playing baseball and I knew I had to wind down and get into that weight room because Football is physical. Uh, I needed that muscle. I needed that bulk. So I started lifting heavy. Uh, I know when I was playing in the minor leagues with the Cardinals, I would go and play like 35 games and prepare for football because I wasn't going to miss a day of training camp. So I would, I would shut it down probably about three weeks before the NFL training camp and just pump iron, just bulk up, uh, work on my speed and agility. Uh, but then when I played football, I kind of winded down at the end of the football season, getting in the cage, you know, not lifting heavy, trying to stretch those little muscles out to, to prepare me for the baseball season. So, you know, you really had to start eating right. You had to, uh, you had to lift right at certain times of the year. Uh, so it was a dedication, man. I was dedicated to it. I loved it. And I had that regiment. I had that schedule down to where my body was able to handle playing two sports. And it was something that, again, I always wanted to do as a kid. And I wanted to prove all those doubters wrong. I mean, I had a lot of doubters along the way trying to get me to play one sport. But I knew uh, that I had the gifts and the opportunities to do so. So I took advantage of it. So we get to 92, and, and that was your debut in 92 in the big leagues with the Cardinals. Uh, that was my debut, actually. With the, with the Mariners, but you end up not playing football anymore. Uh, how, how did that come about uh, with the Cardinals? How was that decision made? Wow, that was a crazy time, man, because I remember playing those uh, short seasons, 35 games, and by my third year, I hadn't played a lot of minor league games. And Ted Simmons was the general manager of the Cardinals at the time. And I went to spring training to big league camp and I felt like I had a pretty good big league camp and when spring training was over Ted Simmons said hey you're going back to double a and I remember going back and forth with Ted saying no I'm, I'm ready for triple a I went to double a last year I'm ready to go and we are arguing back and forth you know fun argument 
But, you know, if you know Ted Simmons, man, he, he's going to lay into you, cuss you out at any second. And I remember him telling me, all right, I'm going to send you to Louisville, triple A. And if that first week you're hitting 100, I'm sending you all the way back to the Florida State League. And <laughs> I remember leaving St. Petersburg. I was like, okay. I stopped home in Atlanta to visit my family before driving to Louisville. And I get a call that night from Ted Simmons saying, you're on the first flight to St. Louis. Andre Scalavaga broke his wrist the first game. <laughs> and I'm in the big leagues, man. I, I just couldn't believe it. And here it is. We're arguing about being in double A and I'm in the big leagues, you know, the second day of the season and starting in left field. So it was, it was an amazing experience for me that year. Uh, I went out, went two for five, drove in like three or four runs. Uh, it was just an experience I would never forget. And to have that opportunity, just playing not even a hundred minor league games. And here it is, you're in the big leagues, man. So it was it was a fun time, a fun time for me. Uh, I love the game of baseball, but I, you know, I really love the game of football. I wasn't ready to give up, you know, playing in the NFL. My third season, I was often in the Pro Bowl, so I was just kind of, kind of reaching that peak. People started knowing who Brian Jordan was, was for the Falcon and strong safety. And you know, when the Cardinals came calling, I gave every opportunity to the Falcons to hurry up and re-sign me <laughs> before I get myself in their predicament. And when the Falcons kind of dragged their feet, you know, I had to make a decision. You know, I wanted to give baseball a full season and just see how that experience was. And the Cardinals ended up offering me a three-year deal guaranteed. So I had to say goodbye to the NFL. Yeah, and I'm just – I'm trying to put – I'm trying to wrap my head around it, being in that position. It's like you had so many options in front of you. And, and it's probably a situation you wouldn't have got a, a, a normal guy getting to the big leagues probably at that time, wouldn't have got the three-year deal. But you had football in your back pocket going, I'll just go back and play football. I, I think it's a pretty cool thing. And I think you made the right choice. You know, you played, like you said, 15 years and had a hell of a career. Uh, let's talk about those Cardinals years a little bit. You know, I was looking back through it, and you hit 300 three times. You hit 310, you hit 309. You played on some good teams. I remember those teams, you know, Gant and, and Langford. And, uh, you know, you go through the 98 season with Big Mac, and you hit 316 that season. But that season yep. was kind of given up, you know, like, like we all to this day. I, I got to witness it from afar as an opponent. But you, I, I try to tell my kids even to this day what that 98 season was like, watching those two go at it. You had a front row seat. Explain. I said, you, I, I try to tell my son, he's 21 now. I said, you have no idea. I said, I've never gone out on a big league field early to stretch to watch an opponent take batting practice. But this was a different, this is a different time. And just kind of give the audience a little insight of what that 98 season was like. Wow. It was, you know, it was unbelievable uh, to be a part of. And I tell everybody, not only did I get Mark McGuire the MVP because I was hitting behind him, I went to Atlanta the very next year, hit behind Chipper Jones, and he got MVP. So I felt <laughs> pretty good, man. So, but the 98 season was just incredible, man. Uh, uh, the pressure that you have hitting behind Mark McGuire, you know, no one can even imagine. Because if, if you don't perform behind him, he'll never get that opportunity. 
And, you know, I used to embrace that pressure, me and Ray Langford, uh, because we wanted to see it, you know. So we had – I think Ray had a really good season also. But you're right, man. Batting practice was just – it was – I've never seen so many fans watch batting practice. They would let the fans in the stadium – and not only was it pressure in the game, but it's pressure hitting batting practice behind Mark McGuire, man. Because when he hits the ball way out of the home runs, everybody wanted to see Mark. And imagine that, Brett. You come in behind him, and everybody started booing you in batting practice. I mean, it was it was something that I would never forget, man. But the balls that he hit were incredible, man. We were in Arizona, and you know how the stadium kind of opens up with the Nike signs. You know, on yeah. the back wall, he hit a ball out of the stadium in batting practice. I've never seen a ball hit that far. And, uh, I mean, I saw it constantly. You know, it was incredible. <laughs> this guy worked out, always in the weight room. And it was it was a fun time, man, to see him and Sammy Sosa go at it. Two really good people, uh, great personalities. Uh, it was a time that I would never forget, man. Yeah, I, I I still try to tell the people that weren't there. I said no, and they you know they say especially my kid. Yeah, Dad, whatever. You know they watch, uh, you know Giancarlo Stanton today, who's got big power. Aaron Judge, big those these guys have big time power. I said, but you don't understand what we were watching, and guys like you, Langford, you know, <laughs> real good power guys. I mean. And this isn't a this isn't being condescending at all, but he made everybody look like a little leaguer hitting next to him in batting practice. I mean, it wasn't even a fair matchup. I mean, he was hitting balls. If and you know what this is like, Brian, he's hitting balls in the flags at Old St. Louis Stadium, <laughs> and I'm sitting there watching it, going, "All right, he's hitting it not only he's hitting it way over Mackland, but he's hitting it into the flags like 15 rows from going." out of an enclosed stadium. I mean, that's, it, it was ridiculous. And what he did that year, what him and Sammy did was ridiculous. But anyway, we're moving on. We go to 99 and, and that's when we, we became teammates and uh, another great year for you. I mean, you hit, you know, I got to see it up front and personal. Chipper just had that unbelievable special year, but you were right there. I mean, you were the two guys that year that, that made our team go. And, and a, a bunch of us, we had a, we had a great team. Uh, our lineup was incredible, full of all-stars. Obviously, that pitching staff is legendary. But but you had one of – probably your best year that year in 99. And uh, Chipper just happened to be – he had his MVP year that year. But that was fun to watch. We had a great team. Uh, we got whooped in, in the World Series, but it gave me a chance to – to go to my first World Series. Uh, how'd you see it from your from your eyes that, that 99 season? Yeah, I mean, the same experience for me, man. That was my first ever uh, World Series appearance. And you're right, man. We we had the team. I felt like we should have won it, uh, you know, but ran out of gas there at the end. But, you know, the hit behind Chipper, you know, you go, you hit behind Mark McGuire, and then you come to Atlanta and and hit behind this, Hall of Fame switch hitter that, I mean, I learned a lot about hitting from Chipper, just watching him. You know, I, I tell everybody this story, Brett, that we were on deck to start the inning, and we're both talking, and I said, hey, man, what, what you looking for off of this pitcher? We're playing against the Phillies. 
And he turned around and looked at me and said, BJ, when he throws me this changeup, I'm going to hit it out of the stadium. And, you know, I just kind of chuckled and shook my head. And he goes up to the plate and he takes three fastballs right down the middle for strike three. Never took the bat off his shoulder. And he, he's walking by me and I was like, what happened? And he said, he didn't throw me the changeup. So now the next time we go up to the plate, same scenario. We're on deck to start the inning. And he looked back at me and said, he's going to throw me the changeup. And sure enough, Brett, he throws him the changeup and he hits it damn near out of the stadium. And he runs by me and said, see? And, you know, from that moment, I just stood there and said, man, I think if I would have stuck with baseball and kind of learned something like different, learn, learn how to hit and look for pitches yeah. and not miss them, man. I mean, you know, when he did that, man, I said, wow, this is why he's such a, he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, to be able to just sit back, pick a pitch and, and don't miss it was incredible to me because I was that guy who didn't play a lot of minor league and I'm a see it, see ball, hit ball guy. And, but, you know, just to hit behind a legend like that was, was fun year for me. It made me better. Uh, it challenged me to, to perform well behind him so that he get those opportunities because you were a part of it. You saw them walking early in the season to challenge me and all of a sudden Chipper wasn't getting walked anymore. So, but we had a great team. I mean, it was, it was so much fun. Bobby Cox, uh, great manager. I love the guy. You know you're going to be in a lineup until he tells you different. I mean, he was like a grandfather to me. So, you know, to be able to play with so many great players on that team was fun. Okay, so you finished your, your 15-year career in, in 06. You finished with 282 batting average. And uh, like I said, hell of, hell of a career. You know, I was looking through it, and, you know, I'm seeing 300. You drove in 100 a couple times. Um, so an outstanding career. You do a lot of work now. You got the Brian Jordan Foundation. I got a chance to come out, fly out, and play in your golf tournament. Uh, tell the audience a little bit about that and, and why that's such a passion for you. Yeah, I started my foundation in 1998, man. And, uh, you know, I, even as a kid, man, I always watched my parents give back. And I knew I, that was something that I wanted to do. My mom always stressed education to me. So for me, I wanted to give kids who – Parents didn't make a lot of money, the opportunity to go to college and further their education. So started my foundation in 1998, providing scholarships. And it just grew over the years to where I gave 35 scholarships out the year before. Uh, I gave out 10 because of COVID this year uh, because we weren't able to have that golf tournament. And I appreciate you coming to the golf tournament. But, you know, I wanted to see how can I do more, man. I ended up writing children's books. So I got four children's books out, and I started this reading challenge to kids uh, because I started learning more about literacy and the lack of for our kids today. I mean, they're building jails based on third-grade reading. So it was so important for me to get back in those schools and get these kids reading, challenging them. So I started a, a reading program to challenge kids, and – Last year, well, the year before COVID, uh, I saw AR testing scores just go through the roof. Kids, you know, they accepted the challenge. They worked really hard and 
and it's a it's a reading challenge and I, I that I know is very successful. So hopefully we can get this COVID thing over with and get back in these schools. But that's near and dear to my heart, man, to get these kids reading, get them educated. And I think, you know, they're our future. So hopefully our future gets brighter than it is today uh, with kids reading and getting education. So that's near and dear to my heart. And uh, that's what I see myself doing for the rest of my life. Now, that's very cool. And, and we had um, uh, Andre Reed on the show a few weeks back, and, and he has a similar reading program that he, that he does, and, he, and he, he does a lot of charity work for it. It's, it's really good stuff. Awesome. Right, I, got a, I got a quick uh, Q&A for you, okay, because uh-huh. you're one of the few people that can answer this. Best NFL player you saw that, could, that you think, if given the chance, could play baseball? Uh, outside of the yeah, no, no, you can't, and you can't take Dion, and you can't take Bo. So, so teammate, you played with or against in the NFL? That your eyes said that guy could be a baseball player. Who was it? Oh man, I would have to say, well, heck, can I say Kyler Murray? That's the guy I thought was going to do it until he decided just to play quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. You can say whoever you want. It's your it's your answer. <laughs> I mean, Kyle. I mean, Kyle Murray. I think this guy is just incredible, man. He can great athlete. Uh, you know, got drafted by the Oakland Athletics, uh, but decided just to play quarterback for Arizona. Man, he. I think he can put down that that football and the cleats and go over to baseball, put those spikes on, and be very successful, man. I like him. He's a great athlete. He's fast. He can do it all, man. That's my guy. And we're going to switch over now. And this is in your 15 years, you played in, in, uh, in the big leagues. What guy did you play with that you can say the same? He could play in the NFL or he'd have a chance to play. You have a chance to play that I played with. Played with Uh, or against who'd you see in your 15 year career? You know what? Ray, Ray Langford. I okay. think he would have been a good running back in the NFL. You know, not just the fact that he played in high school and was really successful, but, you know, the mindset, I think he could do it, especially after he ran over Dalton in the <laughs> Philadelphia catcher. Oh, that was That's right. awesome. Yeah, Darren. <laughs> so that would be All right, my so, pick. So uh, let's just talk a little bit about the kids today, what do you think about what's going on in sports today? It, it seems like from a young age, for, and, and I'm talking about Little League. It's like parents, coaches, whatever. You got to play this one sport and you got to specialize in this. What I try to tell the, the parents, especially because I did a lot of work with, you know, travel ball and, and this and that. And, and I always try to emphasize to the parents, you know, be real careful with your kids. They only get to be kids once and let them enjoy Enjoy their childhood. Let them enjoy the, the sports they want to play. Let them do what they want. Because percentage-wise and, and stats say, little Johnny's not going to the big leagues. Little Johnny's not going to the NFL. But let him turn around when he's an adult doing whatever he's doing and say, you know what? I really enjoyed my childhood. So I always emphasize that. And, and 
I don't really like the specialization. I mean, if you want to specialize and just do one sport, that's completely up to you. But but if you have the skill set like a Brian Jordan, what do you tell those kids out there today? And, and what advice do you give them growing up about playing all the sports? Well, one, I try to get to the parents early, uh, you know, in the little leagues. And, and stress to them that, one, your kid becomes a better athlete when he plays different sports because you use different muscles. Uh, I said, plus that kid will establish a hunger to want to come back and play those other sports. Uh, when you make them specialize in a sport, there's a chance by the time he gets to high school, he's going to be burnt out and not want to play. So keep them active year round playing different sports. You know, because, you know, if you, if you play another sport and you're missing baseball, you know, you have something to miss. So it's easier to me to train your body year round to play different sports, to be able to excel in whatever you want to do in life. Uh, so I always stress to them, you know, let your kid go out and have fun. That's, that's number one. And don't dictate what that kid is supposed to do. Let him explore and see which sports he has fun in. And, you know, when it's time, as they get older, you know, they'll make the right choice of what they want to do. And that's the problem, Brett. You know, it's never what the kid wants to do anymore. You know, it's with that dad, you know, who didn't get a chance to play pro ball is pushing his kid to do. So I think that's the problem. Uh, and I try to talk to parents early on so that they're not dictating their kid's future. Just allow that kid to find his own future and find his own way. So, you know, you know as well as I know it, dads like to live their dreams through their kids. And, and that's the problem. Yeah, I've seen it a lot. I've seen it a lot, and, and mm-hmm. that's why I, my my stock answer is let your kid be a kid, all right? It gets serious <laughs> soon true. enough, yep. and when we, you know, somebody's going to see that talent. You're going to know by the time he gets to be a junior in high school whether he's good enough to go to the next level, whether that be a JC, a Division One, or, or, you know, the real elite or, or high draft picks. But, but you'll know soon enough, so let's keep it simple here and, and let's worry about letting this kid be a kid. All right, you got a Super Bowl pick for me? We're getting close. We're getting to playoff wow, time. Wow, man. You know, I'm telling you, I'm going with ah, – all right. Kansas City is hard to beat, man. Kansas City is hard to beat. You know, growing up in Baltimore, I'm a Raven fan. I love what Lamar Jackson brings to the table. I wish he'd have, have a little more help at wide receiver, but – I got to go with Kansas City again, man. I wouldn't be surprised if they repeat, man. They find I I, I love Reed. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has a great cast around him. Uh, It's tough to go against Kansas City because that defense improved this year too. So I'm going with a back-to-back Super Bowl winner. All right. You heard it here, BJ. I really appreciate (laughs) you coming on. Real interesting stuff. Uh, The audience is going to love this. Uh, what we do here on the Boone podcast is uh, we get a question from the fans for our guest each and every week. And to give that question is none other than the voice of the podcast, Dan Levy. Dan, where are you at? I'm over here, Brett. Hey, All what's right, going on, there. buddy? <laughs> what's up, Dan? <laughs> Cheer up, would you, Dan? 
I'm a little I'm a little depressed. He said the Chiefs. Not my precious bears that are really, really terrible right now. Oh my goodness. It's really hard to it's really hard to live in Chicago these days. I'm telling you. There's not a lot of positives going on right now. No way. <laughs> All right, Brian, here's what we got. We have a fan from a question for we have a fan with the question, I should say. His name is Herb. He's from Philly. And he wants to know, Brian, what sport was harder to get to the pros? Football or baseball? Well, I would have to say baseball because you, you really had to go through so many uh, different leagues, A-ball, double-A, triple-A, and then to the big leagues. I was fortunate that uh, I didn't play a lot of minor league ball, but, you know, the, the toughest track is, is baseball, major league baseball. Football, uh, it's in, instant. <laughs> you get drafted, you get the opportunity to play in the NFL right away. So I would definitely say major league baseball. Brian Jordan, thank you so much for coming on the Brett Boom Podcast. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Anytime, guys. Mailbag. Okay, Brett, you know that sound. It is time for the Brett Boone Mailbag. You know how it goes. You guys tweeted at the Boone 29 We got questions from all of his social medias, including Facebook and Instagram, and we boiled it down to these three questions. Here is question number one. Brett Boone. This is from Mike from Denver. Could you have played any other sports professionally? Wow, that's a lot of pressure. My kids <laughs> asked me that question. I said, of course, your dad could do anything. <laughs> uh, well, you, you got to kind of rule out basketball. Height challenged. Uh, so I tell them all the time, you know what? If I wanted to play, I could have I probably a football player but you know i don't know if i really could <laughs> you know I, we just we just got done with brian jordan one of the few that could do it so i don't know at the highest level uh any of the main sports anyway hockey basketball football i don't know if i could have uh, played at the highest level uh, i i just oh man i don't know i didn't take it serious enough to get to where i was really good you know even at the high school level so uh I'll, I'll take the very humble route and say, no, I it, couldn't have. It's always funny when I hear people say they want to play professional football until they get hit for the first time. And then that's yeah, usually that's a, a flat out no. Not, right. Play, and, and, and I think we take this pro thing too. Like, what is pro? I'm talking NFL. I'm talking NBA, uh, NHL, and MLB. None of this pro, uh, you know, like I told Brian or, early in the broadcast today. Uh, the minor leagues is the minor leagues. The Canadian Football League, no disrespect, but it's not the NFL. <laughs> it's a it's a different level. So, uh, I I don't I never pursued any of the other sports, but I, I'd I'd err on the side of no. Got it. All right, let's go on back to the old mailbag, shall we? This one is from Todd from San Pedro, Brett. When will USC win a national championship in football? Man, uh, I'm a fair weather fan. I'm kind of a front runner. You know, obviously I went there. I cheer for USC. Uh, my brother's a huge USC fan. So he gets into it a lot more than me. I don't know. I'm confused by this. I, I'm thinking, I know they had the, the hiccup in the early 2000s with the sanctions that were placed on them. Uh, it affected me because for a while, I it couldn't go on the sidelines as an ex-athlete. Once in a while, I'd go to USC and go on the sidelines. For a few years there, we couldn't. So that's that's what I cared about. <laughs> but I it, I can't 
wrap my brain around it. The, the teams like Notre Dame, the teams like the University of Southern California football, I don't know how year in and year out we just aren't right there with the best. So the next time they're going to win one, I don't know. All righty. And finally, Brett, this one is from Liz in Chicago. Netflix is all the rage. I know you watch it. What is your favorite show on Netflix? Currently, I don't know. I I, I get so confused because I'm always looking for a new show. Sometimes it's on HBO, Showtime, Netflix, Amazon. Uh, so I don't I don't know which one. You know, I think right now my favorite I'm watching. It's called Your Honor, but I think that's on Showtime. So I don't know if that qualifies as a Netflix pick. I'd have to say Netflix uh, over the last two, three years since I've been watching it. The, the favorite show I've gotten out of all the shows I've watched is probably either Ray Donovan or Ozark. Ozark is fantastic. It's really good. Uh, another show named Succession. It's a really good one, too. Billions is real good. That's uh, a Showtime one. I remember Billions being pretty good after the first season and the second one. Right. I lost me. Right. I, I'm still intrigued. I'm waiting. That Ozark, I was looking it up the other day. They said they're going to have one more season. Last they're one. not sure when it's going to launch. But uh, right now I'm watching Your Honor, and it's on uh, Showtime. It comes on Sundays. Really good. I think I'm into episode seven. Really good. Brett, you're a retired baseball player. You got nothing better to do than play golf. Here's a Correct. show I'll give you for Netflix. Cobra Kai. One of the greatest Cobra shows I've Kai. ever seen. All right, uh, you know there's a lot of people backing you, so it's a that, reboot. That next- it's a reboot of the Karate Kid, and it's taken from the Johnny side. It's all about his life and the way his life went right. after the uh, the All Valley 18 tournament. So I might I might take you up on it. Just watch the first episode if you're not hooked. Bring it to the podcast. We'll talk about it. All right, Brett Boone, thank you so much for having this podcast, and thanks to Brian Jordan for stopping by and sharing such fun knowledge about the game of baseball and football and all of his experiences. And once again, if you want to go ahead and ask questions to Brett Boone, let her rip. You can do it at his Twitter, at the Boone 29 He's on Facebook. He's on Instagram. Hit him up wherever you can. Ask those questions. We'll put it in the podcast. For the former Major League Baseball All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Golden Glover, Brett Boone, my name is Dan Levy. We'll do it again soon. Take care, everybody.